Welcome to the Vistamar Podcast. I'm Sophia. I'm Mr. Fan. <laughs> hey, I'm Mr. Dawson. I'm Joshua. I'm Sophia. I'm Andre. And today we're going to be talking about three subjects, or two, we'll see. Uh, the first one is the Iowa caucus, which happened um, basically yesterday, and Mr. Fan will be answering some things about it. So, like, what is it? Like, what is it in general? It's the first election of the primary election season. This is when the parties, the major parties, figure out who they want to nominate for the presidential race. And Iowa gets to be the first state to decide who they want to be their nominee. Uh, and then all the other states will follow afterwards. How did they decide it for, like, to, for it to be Iowa? Based on what, what I understand, after 1968, the Democratic Party wanted to, uh, yeah, they wanted, they wanted to make sure their process was a bit more transparent because before that, party leaders would have a huge hand in selecting a nominee. And because of what was going on that year in 1968, it was very contentious. So they decided, hey, let's give, give it to the people. And Iowa itself has a complex system to decide. So because of that complexity, they needed time to do it. And so they became the first to hold an election. And the way they hold an election is not a normal election. Yeah, like it doesn't seem complex. I, the way I read it yesterday was you basically just show up to a school gym and yeah. they yeah. count who shows up. Yeah, it's a meeting. It's a, like, I don't understand. Like, why? Say, like who you're voting for. Why is that? And you have to publicly declare who you're voting for, right? It's not anonymous like it usually is. Right. It's not Why? a secret vote. Why? I think Iowa loves having opportunities to hang out. It's a rural state. This is just my opinion. I think they, they enjoy <clears throat> meeting, hanging out, talking, and this is a way to do it. Interesting. And it's... It's a, more of a social gathering than It sounds anything. so stressful. <laughs> yeah. Just reading it so online. It's like no hard feelings. Like, will you get called out for, for saying your, like, political view? Like, who you're going to elect? You would think that would happen, right? Yeah. But I guess I was so chill and laid back. <laughs> I think they're nice about it. Um, but okay. if, if you're hanging out in a corner for one candidate, I think they try to try to convince you to go to another yeah, yeah. corner so i did see that like they can like try to bribe you or convince you to switch right yeah that seems so not bribe yeah, but they'll, not bribe, they'll convince but you that seems so barbaric like why are we doing that they're very like, social they trying to haggle you yeah haggle them yeah. yeah um yeah i think they, they they enjoy the social nature of that that must it's be like a competition yeah like, but there's a lot of downsides to it of course yeah. like that and the, the turnout isn't as big because if you're, if you're busy, if you're working, if you have yeah, kids, yeah. it's why hard to go they, out to a caucus. Why do they use the method that they use? Because it's kind of like weird. And like, it how is, is it like concrete? Uh, I, I guess they show up and they count? Like, yeah, they, they, they ask people <laughs> to raise their hands if they vote for one candidate. And it's very traditional. That's so strange to me. Do you know anything about the Soviet? Yeah, it just seems like yeah, it's easy for results and that kind of thing to be kind of skewed. According to um, Trump, actually tweeted today earlier. Oh, really? He tweeted about how um, the Democratic um, election process is kind of an, a disaster. <laughs> they, uh, at least this is his opinion. He said like 
um, that the only person that can claim a big victory in Iowa is Trump. Mm. So I think he thinks that it's a disaster, but I guess this is just the process. But I mean, and that's another thing too. This was only a Democratic caucus, or I don't actually. It was both. It was both Democratic and Republican caucus. But because Trump is the incumbent, the Republican caucus just automatically went to incumbent. Means he's the only one. He's the he's the one currently in office. So the Republicans did hold a caucus, but it was very quick. Republicans showed up, and they all, most of them voted right. for Trump. There's not much of an overlap with, like, Interesting. Iowa. Iowa is such a red state, it's hard to believe that there would be yeah. Republicans that are leaning towards, like, other Democratic candidates. Interesting, interesting. Majority of the states are kind of Republican states. But, like, you would think that that would mean that they severely overpowered the Democrats, but it was, like, the complete opposite. There's so much more Democrat. Is that true? Like, in terms of like, I'm not, I'm trying to explain this, like, state count doesn't really matter as much. It's more like people, right? It, are you talking about the, the primaries or the like the final vote for president? Okay, I, I don't know. I think for the yeah. primary, it's straight numbers, right? It's complex. Each, <laughs> yeah. So with the primaries, the parties run the election. So the Democratic Party has its own set of rules and so own set of processes to determine who will be the nominee. And the Republican Party has its own set of rules and processes to determine who they want to be their nominee. In Iowa, what happened was that the Iowan Democratic Party created a system to count the votes. It's a very complex system where the people show up to these caucus sites and there's about 1700 caucus sites all around the state. And there's a precinct captain that runs the caucus. They get the people organized, they split up the, the room according to who they vote and they count hands. And if, if a certain candidate doesn't have at least 15% of the room, those people have to go to another candidate. That sounds crazy. There's a 15% threshold. You make them, you must vote for someone else. Yeah. yeah. That is right. crazy. There's two rounds of voting. <laughs> and then, weird. so last night, what, what was the problem was there was supposed to be an app where precinct captains would use to report the results to party headquarters. That app apparently malfunctioned or screwed up. And so precinct captains started using... The, the hotline traditionally is a hotline to call to the headquarters to send like results. Press one for Bernie. Press two. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> they would just say, they would say, you know, this, how many people voted for this? How many people vote for that? And it used to be that the hotline was the only way, and it worked. Like the caucuses were smooth up until this year, and this year they said, oh, let's use an app that was untested and never been used yeah, before. They should have honestly tested it like way before. Yeah. This is so confusing. And so all this data that they had to send to HQ took hours to send. And then at HQ, I guess they had tons of data and they didn't since they weren't using the app, it wasn't input into the system. And and at this point we only have sixty-two percent of the, the the results. And yeah. Pete Buttigieg is yeah. slightly leading to uh, Bernie Sanders. It's changed how the um, popularity in Iowa shifted from the beginning. It was like Bernie and Oh, because of the app. Well, I don't know if it's because of the app, but it was, yeah. It, yeah, Yeah. how surprised are you to hear that Pete Buttigieg is currently leading with 60%, with only 62% of 
uh, of the precincts reported. What do you think about Uh, Pete's lead? I think it's actually pretty surprising. Pete was never really a front runner from the beginning. People were thinking like Biden and Bernie and uh, Warren and I think some of the numbers, especially for uh, Biden, has dropped really low in the caucuses. So it's been kind of interesting to see that. So Mm. we don't know how it's going to end up, but I just think like also um, in elections using like technology and changing the way that they do the ballots kind of can make it um, a little bit messed up and usually it's something that we try like in the past have not really tried to mess with because um, when like elections and ballots get messed up that's kind of a problem for our democracy and like um, people think that's a big issue so that's just yeah it's interesting that they like completely change the system. That's so frustrating though because like you and Andre, you're young people, right? They were ready to vote. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't the technology aspect, like, make it exciting? Because, like, yeah. do you actually want to mail in a ballot as a young person in 2020? I mean, I don't know. I I feel like I couldn't fully trust technology. Like, I just feel like there's too much, like, that I don't know about it. It's like, well, that, like, I could do the research, but I'm not going to. Like, I feel like it's more like, I don't know. I feel like it's better to just do it, like, in person stuff. So that way you can feel like, or you, yeah, you can like feel like your vote's like, like an individual. Do you important. think a lot of young people are gonna do it even though they have to physically go? Um, that was the problem last time, right? Mm-hmm. Young people didn't. Yeah, because it's such a technological age that people don't actually think. Um, yeah. They're gonna get up and go and vote, and that's gonna be. But I do think that um, it is like um, in terms of like civic duties. I think that that is something that people should be like get up and go and vote. Um, but you know, I think also I agree a little bit with the fact that like technology now can't always be trusted there's been a lot of like issues of like privacy um with like phones and, and technology and just in general um thinking that you're putting a vote in through technology and not knowing exactly what happens right when you right. do that and what could get messed up in the process especially if it's not tested and this app is brand new i think that kind of um, gets into some dangerous territory yeah if youtube can't even get the like count right like <laughs> how do they expect yeah, <laughs> yeah. either yeah so that was a good conversation um the uh, the next thing we're going to be talking about is the soulful celebration um yeah vista more yeah so every year vista has a soulful celebration andre and sophia are on it can you guys tell us about it this year like what should we expect or what is it traditionally <clears throat> How would that um well the form is kind of changing this year usually we've had more of like an educational part and then a performance aspect and i think I think this year we're doing more uh, performance with educational parts integrated in. Um, so yeah, this year's theme is Black Love. So all the performances are centered around that topic. And uh, yeah. I don't know much about it because <laughs> I'm a freshman, but um, I'll be just like helping with the performances and I'm excited to do so. I have seen it before and it was really fun because I learned a lot of things that I didn't know. I've been like a few years and every year it's something different. So I'm pretty excited. Is anyone going to go there? Okay, so you've seen it before. Yeah. I want to ask, what is kind of like the goal of the social celebration besides celebrating black people? Yeah, I hear that a lot. Like, what's the purpose of social celebration? You guys know? Um, I think it's to really shed a spotlight on black creativity within the Vista community um, because, you know, not that we don't necessarily have these platforms, but we feel it's important to celebrate everyone for their differences. And um, February, you know, Black History Month is a prime oppor- a prime opportunity to showcase this talent and this artwork, not only just of the students here at Bismarck, but of the Black community as a whole. 
Yeah, I really like that, how like people outside the school can actually go to. Yeah. How many people are involved in planning this? Um, so as far as I know, there is a planning committee, which consists of, I want to say, like maybe 10, 11 people. Uh, there are people like Dr. Barton on it, and then um, Avery, and then Nicole, and uh, Colin, and um, and there are some sophomores. Uh, so it's a like student and like uh, adult collaborative effort. And so, yeah. I think like also this year, from what I've heard, is that they've made it more, um, less of a or a teacher like kind of thing more of a student like kind of thing which is interesting because like I know um this year I'm in rock ensemble but this year rock ensemble isn't based for form like as a um, class at Soulful but this year um they're just going to be performing at morning meeting kind of supporting the event because like we want more student led uh, people students having spots to perform rather than just um, mm. teachers kind of leading the um song so yeah I just thought it was cool that they're kind of making it more student led and Again, I think like in general, the storm does a really great job of having these events. These, um, for example, I think Taste of the Storm is another really cool event that we have to showcase like the cultural um, differences and kind of just showcase like different things that people in the community bring. Um, and I think it's just really great that we have that. Who is performing at the Soul Facility? Um, so there's a list, there's an established list. I'm not completely sure, but, um, I will be performing. Sophia will be performing with me. Um, there are going to be some, uh, performing music. Uh, I'm going to be performing a song by, uh, DeBarge and Ari Lennox. Um, the music club is doing, I think, Anita Simone. Um, yeah. then there are some other individual performers who are going to be performing. Uh, so. Yeah. I think there's like mainly songs and poems. And some songs will be like with smaller groups and some will be with bigger groups. So, yeah, I think the only established like club that will be doing anything is Music Club, which will only be doing one song. So, yeah. Okay, okay, exciting. Um, so in the past you said there was a educational aspect. What was mm -hmm. that? Um, I believe there were like galleries, right? And um, they were basically like stations within... Uh, I think the math commons and like you go in and there'd be like a video playing and then there'd be like um artwork displayed across the room and then like informational um little like text boxes underneath the pictures um i unfortunately didn't get to experience the galleries but from what you i were in it, right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but from what i remember that's what they were okay cool cool yeah i'm excited for it um when is it it is thursday the 13th i believe Cool, cool. Favorite fifteenth. Uh, you know what time? Probably seven. Probably seven. All right. Well, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, to finish, uh, Josh has uh, there's usually a song of the week if you listen to any other um episodes, but this time there's an album of the week. So this is a little bit of mix up, and I know we've talked about this before, but I really like to recommend Jack Boys and like Jack Boys and Travis Scott. I feel like it has a uh, vibe to it that, like, like when I'm listening to it, I can, like, bop to it. I mean, I don't bop like to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like the entire album. I mean, I like some songs more than others, of course, but what I really like about it is that it tells a story. Mm. Like, more like, like, it's what they do. I know, like, Gang Gang is what they do. Had Enough is speaking about. You know, people who are cheating on each other. 
Well, the the main <laughs> the main character, the ambiguous main lead. It's it's about how he like kind of cheats on his lover, and then out west. I'm not sure about out west. I feel like it's more like takes it to gang gang, but like it's it's more like speaking about like I want to say like it's about like all the dumb stuff that they do. Yeah, like, I really like this one too. Did you guys listen? Um, Jack Boys? No, did not get a chance. Really? Is that the new Travis Scott? Yeah, it's Travis Scott and his whole label. Jack Is Boys. that, um, did they sample the Carters, right? I'm not sure. Is it someone else? I feel like there's, sure. there's a song on there that they sampled I'd heard in like passing. Okay. Yeah, I really like it. It tells a good story. It's really short too. Do you like short? Albums yeah, like that? I, I, it's like more of an it's EP. Th- yeah, seven songs, right? Twenty-one minutes. Twenty-one minutes. By, yeah. According to I, no. the songs themselves short, just the. Like, I know, like the longest is what to do, but Jack Boys like four minutes, but like Jack Boys is like forty seconds. Yeah. And, and, oh. But it's more like it sets up the mood of the the album, and well, highest in the room does that, but Jack Boys. More like sets up into like the EP aspect, like the mm. story. Okay, okay. And then it, and then it just starts with Gang Gang, and then it ends with Gotti. Yeah, Gotti's a crazy one. <laughs> I didn't like Gotti that much. No, I, I think it's know. I think it's cool in like setting up how the story repeats itself, like yeah. they're just going in a cycle through the whole time. They haven't learned anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's funny because like you just got off from what to do, where it's like. Yeah, I've done all the stuff and I can't really change it. What what should I do? Yeah. It didn't win the Grammy for best rap album, did it? Did not. No, that was no, that was that. to Tyler the Baby's. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think it was a rap album. Yeah, or really, an really urban contemporary. I think I should have just been best album. I, I felt it was like kind of like an electro pop album. It was electro pop. I feel it's like that same strand of like Solange where it's like kind of like trap jazz but like still kind of like techno-y yeah I think part of that is like the genre of rap is expanding so wide mm-hmm. where like that can be a subset of rap mm-hmm. do you think it should be its own separate or part of the subset though? I mean just from what I like felt about the album sonically I felt it would be more a place in like a like a neo soul or like an R&B rather than a rap album just because I feel like there were poetic elements, but there wasn't that, um, like, usually, like, that tempo or, like, that fast nature that we expect from rap. Do those categories like, get Grammys, though? Like, is there a contemporary pop there's, category? There should be. I think be. there is, yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah, that's, that's still maybe they don't show it. It's um, not televised. Maybe it's not televised because they do a bunch of awards, like, in between the commercials. But, but then again, is that a win for Tyler, then? If they gave him a televised award as opposed to... Yeah, it's, a, it's not a, publicized. I mean... I, I think I it's, feel bad. it's. I really like Tyler. I would feel bad if he got one that's not big. I mean, yeah. I think he deserved it. Rather. He got a performance a anyway, so. Yeah. 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 It was a good. That, it was a really good performance. Really yeah. perform. Oh, I mean, you think so? Yeah, I think so, performances can out impact award winners. Sorry. Ariana Grande did not win anything, which I, I honestly, I. I do not think she That's should have. I, I think she got what she deserved, like lots of. Yeah. Money and Lomas? fame. Did Lil Nas X win anything? Of course. No, he, he didn't. I, he, I, he didn't win like one thing. Really? That's shocking. I don't, I don't think so. Crazy. I also that's I that's how I feel too. Like he won 
what he deserved, like yeah. money, fame, <laughs> Not a record level. Wow. Yeah, you don't need... Um, yeah, that's another conversation too. Have you guys heard it where artists are trying to not validate the awards or be validated by the award? And like a lot of people were, yeah, Drake just angry. Well, I mean... I think Tyler spoke about it. Yeah, he said a little bit too. Yeah, It's like the Grammys, they because they don't necessarily live up to their meaning of like honoring like excellent art. Sometimes they just kind of give Grammys to people who not didn't deserve it but when there are albums who there's like a lot of clear effort and um artistry put into it and they kind of shun those away or don't give it the recognition those albums deserve it's a little yeah it kind of tarnishes their life there are too many it's just easy for them to pick the ones that are popular because there's so so much music yeah Yeah. i think there's like i heard the popularity of the grammy in general is going down because people believe that the outcomes aren't always but you hear that every year people are always talking all year how much they hate the grammys don't want a grammy but then once grammy season comes they get mad that they don't win like but who who is that though um well i I don't know if i can give a name but like i feel like i hear that often right people don't always say i'll be a grammy forget that like yeah i feel like it shouldn't like validate someone but at the same time, I mean, it feels nice to get an award. I mean, you're getting it. Last year, who was, who was new artist, upcoming artist? Who was that? Was that uh, Dua Lipa, is that her name? That was last year? Oh, what year was someone who was, like, big for a while? Yeah, yeah Alyssa. That's another thing. Yeah. I, I can't remember any of the... Did Lizzo win Best New Artist this year? Billie Eilish did. Billie Eilish was this year. I feel like, yeah, no, so you can remember like a really bad movie, but you're not going to remember like the best picture of 2006 or something like that. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. But you will remember the best picture of 2006 that didn't get the award that it deserved. Yeah. Yeah. So like not winning is winning actually. Yeah. It's it's like that impact that it has beyond the show. Yeah. I see that. I see that. You're not up on the Grammys? I saw, I saw the, the, telecast i enjoyed the performances but i'm, I'm usually about one year behind everyone else <laughs> when, when understanding the music so next year you'll listen to igor yes <laughs> i've never heard of igor before until now it's a good album, it's a good album. you should listen i'm learning a lot from you okay. you learn yeah, about the caucus yeah yeah all right well thank you for listening have a good day i guess goodbye <laughs> you gotta work on the album. yeah